Welcome to the Chasing Freedom Show. I'm Noah Evans, and on this show, I'm going to creatively break down real estate deals with top investors across the country to help you become closer to achieving financial freedom. Alrighty, let's get to it. What's up, guys? Good morning, and welcome back to the Chasing Freedom Show with Noah. And I've got an exciting announcement for you guys, but we'll release that a little later on in the show. So today I've got a really awesome guest. You guys are going to be fired up from her story. This is Dominique Gunderson. She lives in California, but she invests in Louisiana. You guys, she's super young and she's killing it in real estate. We're super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's jump into your story. Tell us, tell us how you got started in real estate. Why? Like what, what attracted you to it? Cause there's a lot of risk. It's kind of scary. There's a lot of movement, moving parts and movement of money. Like what, what got you started? Yeah, real estate has just always been um, like on my mind since I was, gosh, probably like 14 or 15. Um, I started like getting into looking at the market. Um, my mom was buying her first home right around that time. So it just sort of sparked the interest of like, what is real estate? What does it look like to buy a home? And um, I've just honestly been hooked since then. Um, obviously I didn't get super hooked on like specifically real estate investing and all the ins and outs at that time. Um, but I knew like I was going to bypass the college route. And as soon as I graduated high school, real estate was going to be my thing. I was going to get involved somehow and just kind of let it take itself from there and see where it led me. Um, which it's led me today to mainly focusing on fix and flip investments, um, which has been something I've been interested in wanting to do since the beginning. Um, so, so yeah, but I've done a lot of different things within real estate. I've done the wholesaling. Um, I own a rental. So kind of diving a little bit into that space and just the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it literally started for me as a teenager. That's awesome. So what, at what age did you do your first real estate transaction, wholesale flip or, or rental? So my first real estate investment, I was 19. Um, I got my real estate license when I was 18 and I did, I was working under just like a real estate agent for a little bit, just to kind of learn the ropes, um, learn sales and contracts and all that. So, um, I had a real estate, like just representing a, a buyer type of sale. Um, and then I jumped into the investment side at 19. So at 19, you were, you were already playing around with real estate investments. And is that when you got into flips? That was when I was doing wholesaling. Okay, sweet. And then for how long uh, did you do wholesaling? How many deals happened in that time period? I did about 50 deals um, wholesaling. And that was over about a year and a half. And then I felt like I knew what I was doing. I had the confidence and I decided to start my own flipping operation um, I bought my first ever deal, like all alone with my own cash at 21. And that oh was my, my first gosh. flip. So yeah. just so you know, the people listening to this show are going to be so envious of the age in which you started building these investment principles and your, your, your education uh, in real estate. I mean, one, congratulations on doing 50 wholesale transactions in a little, low, a little under a year and a half. For reference, it took me eight months to do my very first wholesale deal. <laughs> so it, like what you've been able to do is really incredible. That's awesome. And at such a young age, I, most 20 year olds I know don't know the difference between Monday night and Friday night. Like they, they don't know <laughs> yeah. up from down. So the fact that you're able to put these, you know, investment principles and go educate yourself and learn from mentors and, and get to work in such a serious way. So impressive, super exciting. 
And I think there's going to be a lot of people that are very motivated by your story. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's super cool. It's fun. You got to get out there and like do deals, put in the repetition. You know, that's, I always thought that was the best way to learn, which was literally my thought behind not going to college. I was like, you know what, if this is really what I want to do, I'm going to get more out of it and learn more from being in the business and surrounding myself with those people that are doing the deals and then actually doing the deals instead of sitting at a desk for four years and reading and learning about it and then trying to go do it. Well, and it's, I love what you've talked about because it basically what that comes down to is I just had this conversation with a, another entrepreneur a friend of mine the other day. It's right now in our current economy, in our current world, what actually gets paid is skill. Developing a skill gets you paid. Developing a general education uh, or the degree doesn't actually get you paid. It may open doors, but a skill set does more than open doors. A skill set actually brings money into your pocket. So I'd like to actually break that down with you. So let's start at, let's, let's reference the wholesaling journey that, that 18 months or so that you were doing that. What specific skills do you think that you built up or you had the advantage of maybe being a little natural at or having spent time curating or crafting those skills that allowed you to do 50 deals in 18 months? I would say uh, there's a couple things, but the main one was like confidence building. Um, I was so young and I was also a young female, which is like even more rare. Yeah, like, like literally everybody whammy. that I was... <laughs> Yeah. Everybody that I was working with was also not as young, but fairly young, um, you know, ambitious and hustling, but they were all guys. So I was like, I just felt very like out of place and, you know, sort of like, it's easy to start believing like, oh, well, I can't do this. You know, I'm the only one. Um, so confidence was huge for me. And that also came with doing the deals. Right. So the first one or two definitely had that, like, all right, I'm, I'm here talking to the buyer, I'm selling this house. And they're asking me questions about what do I do next? You know, what, where do I put my earnest money deposit? And when are you going to call me about the title search? And I'm like, what's a title search? You know, I don't know any of this stuff that you're talking about. And so it is a weird place. And I think everybody just has to go through it where you're in that place of like, you're leading this transaction, you're, you're putting this whole thing together and you actually know nothing about what you're doing, you know? Um, and that's just going to happen. That's part of it. But I did a couple and I was like, okay, I, I get this. I know the steps. There's going to be new things that come up on each one, but every single one builds more and more confidence. And it was, it was just that, that let me be able to talk to people better, be able to pitch myself better. Um, and just, you know, not have as much fear, especially being super young, yeah. that people wouldn't take me seriously. Right. Um, so that was huge. It was like the confidence and the experience, just being able to do it. Um, but honestly, I think also the year or so that I spent before I did wholesaling, uh, just working generally in like a real estate office was really, really key for me. Mm -hmm. um, kind of helped build with the confidence. I knew a little bit what I was talking about. But literally during that year, what I was, all I did every single day is I went door knocking or cold calling, looking for people who were trying to buy or sell a house. I wasn't even trying to do investing yet. Just, I just wanted to represent them. And I was 18 and I was doing this in like a multi-million dollar market. So it was very intimidating. Um, but that's what I did. I just knocked on doors every single day and talked to people about their home, talked to people about real estate. And that was probably a really big key that led to my success um, it feels frustrating when you're just doing that for so long and you get like one deal 
right? Or you don't really do very much, but it totally led to my success later, just feeling comfortable talking to people, putting myself out there and not being afraid to put in that hard work every day, you know, and I don't know, just not expecting like, oh, I'm going to just sit at a desk and be the boss and everybody else works. Like I'm going to put in the work and it's going to pay off. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I love about that too is so many people, like you just said, they, they think they're above the hard work, but there's, there's absolutely no shortcuts to success. Um, one of the ways I heard it that I liked it the best was, um, they said, okay, if you want to end up where I, it was a, it was a guy that, you know, had a net worth of like $40 million at the age of 30. It was crazy. But he said, if you want to end up where I am, you need to do 20 years worth of work in 10. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty, like I could follow that model, right? It, there's no shortcuts. There's no, like there's, some people get lucky breaks, but you don't bank on that. You know, if you get lucky, you get lucky, but also luck it's in my opinion is where hard work meets preparation and opportunity all combined. But, um, I love that you went and knocked doors. I've knocked probably over five or 600 doors in the, the early stages of my investment careers. And I think all I, I, there were some good results. I got like three deals out of that, but it's a lot of work. But yeah. to your point, you built a skill set. I would say you built multiple skills through that. You built the skill set of becoming comfortable with rejection. You have to get over that fear in this business. You're going to be rejected. You like you, rejection is a prerequisite to success in this game. You know that like firsthand. And then you got comfortable figuring out how do you go deep with a stranger? How do you get the door opened, like the you know meta- metaphorical door to where they trust you and share information with you, right? And they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe I am having this issue and I should tell her about it. And then recognizing those issues and becoming a problem solver. I, I could see like four or five skills that, you'd, that someone would develop by knocking doors and cold calling. Um, and again, skills are what actually gets you paid nowadays. So that's freaking awesome to, to see that, that translate to your story as well. Um, give us some specifics on, on, I know you mentioned door knocking and cold calling, but is that how you generated the, the, the amount of deals you did in that time frame that you did? Yeah. So I did honestly a whole bunch of different things to find deals. And now I don't know if I would say it's better to like specify on a couple of strategies instead of being super broad, but, um, I was working, some MLS deals. Um, I worked like real estate agents, just continuously networking and doing like email campaigns to them to try to get them to send me stuff before they listed it. Um, I would do like direct mail, especially if I found like kind of targeted, like if I found a street and there's 10 houses on it that look terrible, I'd send them like fairly handwritten looking letters. Um, And I would do like, yeah, door knocking, cold calling. I like did a whole bunch of stuff um, and just kind of tried to figure out which strategies would work best. I would do like JVs with other wholesalers. Um, So it was a huge combination for me. Um, Now that I'm doing the flips, I'm a bit more focused. Um, We definitely do, I'd say majority cold calling to get our deals. Um, A little bit of direct mail, but I'd say the payoff is a little bit it's definitely lower, um, cold calling and, and probably like working with either wholesalers or realtors, um, just like networking with people are, are probably our top two for getting deals today. Okay. I like it. I want to break down two of the things you said there. So the first that I want to break down is the email campaign you built out to realtors. I've been pushing my team super hard that they need to be networking with realtors. We have a board of all of our projects and I can point to the board and there's, there's a handful of them up at any given time that are from off-market leads from a realtor. Like we didn't actually end up paying anything other 
or that lead other than maybe the one time I took somebody out to lunch or paid for their coffee. So what did that email list look like? Like kind of break us down, like make it simplified enough that someone listening to this episode could take action on it right after listening and go have an email list ready to go by this afternoon. Yeah, personally, I use, there's a bunch of email uh, blast services you can use. Um, I've tried a couple. I like like send in blue is a good one that I use. Um, but basically what you can do is you can create just a list as big or small as you want um, of email addresses, names, um, addresses. You can plug in whatever. It has like a template. So as long as you have your spreadsheet, you can, you can plug in like, I want my email to say hello and then their name. Mm -hmm. And then I saw your listing at this address, you know, or whatever. You can plug in however you want. Um, but yeah, I basically just, what I do is just kind of find like a list of realtors that are active in the area. So if you have like MLS access, I know you can pull that super easily, just pull download like a spreadsheet, but you could honestly even make it yourself. Just look on like Zillow or Redfin, click on all the active listings, people who are doing deals and realtors, email addresses or phone numbers are not hard to find. They put them everywhere. Yeah, they want them. Everywhere, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I just collected a huge list of everyone who's active. Um, and I just use one of those email um, campaign websites to send it out i don't know once a month once every other month twice a month whatever you want to do but i kind of keep my list pretty pretty concise to the ones that are really active and i kind of divide it as well like hey these are the ones that are like actually really responding to me every time i do this i might send them something more personalized but the main thing is to get the message out there to the masses too so keep sending it out to the big list if you have some people that are really you know, working with you and responding, then maybe put them on a different campaign or respond to them more personalized. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. You know, I thought that I had had um, a while back was going to present to entire real estate teams. So, you know, I, I always think about value, like one of my like, personal core values is to add value. So I've always thought, okay, like, I don't want to just be like reaching out to these agents and being like, send me your deals, send me your deals, send me your deals. I, I want it to be more about like, What's in it for you if you do this? And so I've thought, okay, if I could just get in front of the entire like team or the entire brokerage at one, one meeting, it's one hour, but it's almost like an in-person email blast at that point, right? And then I give value by teaching them something that I know about real estate investing that might help them in their future transactions. But in exchange, they're up there, they see me as a credible person in real estate and they trust me now. And so then when I, they do get an offer from me for an on-market property or they do have a property that matches what I'm looking to buy, it just makes that flow of like the trust a little bit easier. Like they're going to feel like, oh yeah, I'd send that property to Dominique. I know that she came and presented in front of us and she did an awesome job and I learned a lot from her. So I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever thought about that? Like going to present in front of like a brokerage and teach them like how to find distressed properties or flip or something. That's huge. Um, the point you brought up, just like adding value. Um, you can't just send out random stuff taking from people and expecting for them to just give to you, you mm -hmm. know? Um, personally, I don't live in the market that I invest. So doing like those in-person things are a little more challenging unless I set them up when I was actually in town visiting. Um, but I totally agree with you about the add value thing. Um, I think there's different ways to add value and you can come up with a lot of different strategies, but here's one that I've used in the past. Um, since I flip properties, right, we always have houses that are kind of in the finishing up of construction phase or about to be listed phase. And I know realtors have buyers, right? They're always looking, there's never enough homes on the market for their buyers. So what I've done before 
um, is like, yes, I sent out an email asking if they have any deals coming, but I also said, Hey, just in case you guys have any buyers looking, here's this deal, this deal, and this deal that I have coming soon. Um, I'm happy to look at off-market offers. If you have buyers interested, just putting it out there in case you're looking for inventory. And obviously that benefits me too, if people bring me buyers right away, but that's huge for a realtor, right? Who's like potentially working with clients that don't have anything to look at. Yeah. If there's just a couple more deals that they can look at off market, maybe they'll return the favor to send me something off market. Man, um, that's like a gold nugget. If I had like a victory bell in here, I'd be ringing that or like a everybody pay attention and really listen to what you just said. That's huge. A lot of flippers listen to the show and there's something that, eats up our profit margin day by day by day that a lot of us don't think about because we're just hustling and going after the next project and that's holding cost, right? But if you say hypothetically, you had a buyer go through and your project was 80% done. They said, you know what? I, I love this home. Like, I, yeah, I want it. And you go pending 20 days before you're actually done with your flip. Now you're closing 10 days after your flip is done. I mean, my average holding cost is like $2,500 a month. So if I just saved that and I did that on five flips a year, that's significant additional income back in, you know, a flipper's pocket. In addition to, like you just said, you're not providing value to the agents around you. Like the law of reciprocity is real. They're going to feel like they should give back to you. That's cool. I love that. Well, let's dive, let's dive a little deeper into a specific deal. Um, do you have a particular deal that you either had some struggles through, but it either still came out good or one that you, you didn't make money on, but you still feel like you learned a lot? Do you have a specific deal you'd like to go in on? Yeah, I could, uh, I could talk about either, um, definitely have some where the, the struggles were real and still made money, but not as much. Um, or I could talk about one that's like really, really good all around. Um, but one, one I'll talk about, um, I like to share this one because it brought me something very valuable that I wasn't expecting. Um, it was a flip, a property I bought to flip, uh, at the end of 2020, and it sold last year in 2021. Um, the property was 90,000. We also had a wholesaler involved that got a $5,000 fee. So 95 all in. Uh, the rehab budget ended up being, I think around 45. It was kind of a lighter rehab, um, you know, nothing crazy, just like a cosmetic one. Um, and it ended up selling for 187. Um, so we actually made a really good profit on it. The profit was like almost 40 grand after closing costs and realtor fees and stuff. Um, but one thing I really liked about this deal, it had some struggles. It had some crazy plumbing issues and like things that came up during the rehab. But the key takeaway for me was actually the networking that happened on this deal. So um, crazy enough, I found this deal on Facebook. Um, people posting in like the groups. Yeah. Uh, it was a new wholesaler. This was like his first deal ever. Wasn't someone that clearly had like a, a big buyer's list or whatever. So I knew that was an opportunity for me to build a relationship. So I was one of the first to reach out, um, first to schedule a viewing, got in, locked up the deal. Um, this particular guy though, I knew I could tell he was like a hustler. He was hungry. He wanted to like learn about real estate. Maybe wasn't doing like a ton of deals yet, but wanted to. Um, and this guy today is actually my project manager. No way. So, That's cool. Yeah. So really, really cool. Just like nurturing those relationships sometimes. And yeah, maybe it's about doing this one deal together, right. And getting him to wholesale his first deal, but maybe there's more to it, right? Like always being open to what 
can come and the opportunities that could arise. Like I talked to him more and found out that, yeah, he's, you know, doesn't have like a full-time job and would love to be in real estate and would love to be like on the ground for flips and learn more. And it all just, you know, happened and worked out once we started doing many, many deals at once. And I couldn't just handle everything on my own, brought him in and, you know, especially because I don't live on the ground. You have to have at least one or two good people that are like your boots on the ground yeah. project managers. Um, so he became a huge key part of our team today um, just from randomly finding him on Facebook over a deal. Um, so be open to like those types of things all the time. There's always really cool relationships to be built. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I It's funny because as you were saying that, what I related it back to of you developing the ability to be able to see this potential to work with this guy. Right. And you, you found a way to like, you're like, Hey, look, he's got, he's got an area where he needs some help. He would like full-time work and he'd like to be in real estate. I have the ability to provide that and you needed something in exchange. Right. So it's this nice mashup, but I think your ability to see that came from, and, and maybe you'll disagree, but it looks like it came from your time of door knocking and like cold calling. Right. Cause that's what that skill set is, is it's like, can you get the door opened enough? to be able to go in and find out what do they need that you can provide. I don't know. Totally. It's kind of totally cool. agree. I like yeah. that. Um, if you do, I'd like to, to dive into his role a little bit because I know for a fact, uh, there's a lot of people that listen to the show that are struggling with that, right? Like setting up like a project coordinator. What does that role look like? What should they pay them? That type of stuff. So what does, what, if you don't mind sharing, what does his pay structure look like? Do, is he paid off a percentage of the profit of the flip? Is he salaried? So he is typically paid, yeah, I guess you could say like a salary um, or like an hourly rate. Um, typically for us, we just do based on like how much, approximately how many hours you're working per week. So mm -hmm. it's usually either like if we're not, we don't have a ton of work, it's like kind of part time. Or if it's more busy, it'll be like a full time week. And then we'll pay him based on, you know, how many, approximately how, how many hours did he work that week? Um, but what his role kind of looks like is basically just like, literally boots on the ground for almost anything that I can't be there for. Um, so it, it's everything from like, we need to put a lockbox up, you know, we just bought this house to, we want to buy this house and I want to see the inside. Can you go in there and take a video of it and send it to me? Um, to, Hey, we have like all these materials being delivered today. Can you be there on site to open the door or actually go pick them up and bring them to the house? So it's like a huge range of variety. Um, and it just depends on the, the particular project too, if we're doing like a really he heavy rehab or just something super light, um, how much involvement he takes in the actual rehab part of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's literally boots on the ground in every, in every way. Um, and our, the contractor we work with kind of does a lot of that stuff too, as far as like material delivery and, you know, just managing the rehab when I'm not personally there. Um, but yeah, those two, between those two guys, it's, it's pretty much handled. Everything on the ground is handled by them. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, sweet. Let's move on to the, uh, unfortunately we're almost out of time. So we got to move on to the end of the show here, but I think you've given a ton of awesome, awesome value and it's been really helpful to the, to the listeners. So, um, what I'd like to end the show with is, uh, we end with a series of the similar questions. Uh, the first one is for someone looking to get started, what would be the, the number one or two things you would tell them to go out and do? I would say learn or try to learn something that you feel like you don't know or like your weak area, like go out and not only just learn it, but 
do it, like get experience. So what that looked like for me, I knew when I was starting real estate, I knew from the beginning I wanted to do investing, but I also knew I had no idea how to read a real estate contract. I had no idea how to sell people on things. So I was like, okay, what's a good and easy way? I'll just go start like shadowing, basically working at a real estate office and learn all this stuff, right? Um, and so it was just like figuring out what I needed to learn and then going and taking action to do it yep. in a real way. I mean, books, podcasts, everything is great, but like there's so much more you learn when you're actually in the heat of the moment, like doing this stuff. So yeah, I would say really just figure out what, what it is you don't know. Maybe it's construction. You want to go work with a contractor for a couple months, you know, or sales and work with a real estate team or whatever it is, but figure it out and like go get involved somehow, some way. I couldn't agree with that more. There's actual science behind um, the difference in how much you retain on kinetic learning versus just like reading or, or listening to a tape or a podcast. So I, I love that. All right. Now the uh, second question is, do you have a book that you recommend that, that either helped you in real estate or you'd recommend to someone else wanting to get started in real estate? This book, uh, it's, it's decently good, I guess, if you're just getting started, but this was a really big one that changed me. Um, eh, it was probably like at least a year or two into me doing the flips. Um, it's the raising private capital book by Matt Faircloth. Um, really good book that just, it helps me take my business to a whole new level, um, with the capital side of things. Um, I was, when I was, before I read this, I was just doing like pretty much everything with the cash I had saved up. I didn't want to take a huge risk. Yeah. I didn't want to borrow a lot of money and literally like getting to that next level, a hundred percent. I think for anyone, what it looks like is raising capital. Uh, you just can't do it all yourself. And so that was a big one that really changed, changed things for me. Oh, I love that. I just, I've never heard uh, that one recommended, um, but I'm actually excited to go read that book. I'm definitely going to have, have that taken down on my notes and go pick that one up. So cool. Um, any podcast that you recommend that, that helped you in your journey? say probably one that everyone mentions that the bigger pockets podcast um huge fan definitely have listened to all the episodes and i think at the very least even if you don't uh learn something from each episode what it always does for me is inspire me like honestly when i'm just like gosh i don't want to make another call today or whatever <laughs> i'll listen to an episode of that podcast or you know any real estate podcast will do but I, I, that one is really good for just like inspiring i'm like by the end of it i'm like you know what I'm going to go make 20 calls. Like I'm ready. Yeah. I want, I want to have that story too. You know, it, I mean, the, what is the saying? You are who you surround yourself with. And I've always struggled with that. Cause it's like, well, how do you, when you're starting off and you can't add the same value as someone else can, how do you surround yourself with great people, the podcasts or reading books? Like some, I've heard it. Some people say like when they read a book that that author is their mentor or whatever. And I always love that because it's true. You, if you can't get around those people, you can at least consume their content. So totally. yeah, I love that. that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate all the wisdom that you shared. I think we need to have you back on and dig into the capital raising part of your business, because I know that that's a struggle for a lot of people. And I think that, uh, that would be a fun, um, that would be a fun piece of content to provide, uh, to provide to the listeners is how do we raise capital? That'd be a really cool episode. We haven't done one on that uh, yet. Yeah, so. absolutely. Cool. Um, well, sweet. How do guests reach out to you if they want to get a hold of you? Uh, probably the best way to find me is on Instagram. Um, I'm at Dom Flips Nola N O L A for New Orleans. Um, or you can check out my website, which is GundersonHomesNola.com, and message me there. Either way, 
Um, but yeah, if I can do anything to help or answer any questions, I would love to. Cool. Sweet. Well, what we'll do is we'll throw those in the show notes for anyone who wants to reach out and then, uh, we'll definitely be having you back on to go deeper on raising capital. So awesome. Okay. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We appreciate you and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, you guys. Um, For more awesome real estate content, you can check out my Instagram. It's just Noah Evans underscore real estate. It'll also be in the show notes. If you want to reach out to the guest, their contact information and websites and however else to get a hold of them will also be in the show notes. All of our podcast episodes get thrown up to YouTube. And for more awesome uh, exclusive content, please go check out the website. Um, We'll have that link in the show notes below as well. All right. Peace.